Hello and welcome to episode two of Less Than Ten Podcast. We got a really great show planned for you guys today. We're talking about some great topics, and uh, I'm joined by Blood Rune again. Say hi, Blood. Hey guys, good to be back, and I'm glad that we're kind of diving into some deep topics here and really uh, getting some great information together. I'd just like to give a huge uh, thank you to everyone the way uh, episode one was received and how many people shot us messages and stuff. It was really inspiring. So. Thank you, guys. And some good news. We are now on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts with the the other ones uh, will be followed up soon. So Stitcher and stuff like that. So uh, if you haven't uh, found us on there yet, give us a search and uh, a follow. would be appreciated. Thanks. Yeah, it was great getting messages with just feedback or suggestions for future topics. Things like that was really cool. So really appreciate it. Keep the feedback coming, guys. All right, so let's just get right into it, because we're going to have a lot of uh, nerd talk today. Topic for our first uh, segment here is keybinds. So keybinds, if you don't really know, um, a lot of people click through EVE, click their modules, click everything. Uh, Keybinds are basically a term for linking your modules or as much as you can in the client to respond to a keystroke rather than a click. Um, So I don't know, Blood, why don't you just kind of give a a good overview of why that's important, especially to small gang. Yeah, so in small gang, you're oftentimes you're trying to take in a lot of information that's available on screen from your overview, dscan, um, and and various UI elements. So by linking keybinds to your modules, what it really allows for is to free up your attention that you're placing on a certain area of your screen and you can then uh, focus on on looking at other areas and ships in space and kind of positioning things like that. So um, by having those keybinds enabled and not having to look at the modules to click them, you can you can kind of have more efficient use of your attention span. I also find, as far as timing wise, with activating reps or injecting cap, uh, just using keybinds allows you to maybe spam the module more if you're uh, having heavy new pressure and you need to get a cap inject off right at the last second, things like that. So those keybinds just really help you become more efficient in how you interact with your modules. And we're going to kind of talk about some strategies for how we set up our keybinds um, and how you might want to think about setting up keybinds into a, a way that makes some sense and uh, is going to provide consistent interaction with your modules. So you're saying I need more than a keybind for F1 to shoot? Uh, I mean, most uh, nullsec block players, maybe not. But, you know, for the rest of us small gangers, yeah, I, I definitely think at least, you know, five to eight keybinds is probably going to be the the best. Uh, I think I have something like 15 keybinds, which I don't use them all the time, but uh <laughs> yeah, I've, I've like every module on every ship bound so for sure yeah and i'm kind of the same i have uh you know blood and i both are super nerds so we made up like a keyboard overlay picture that shows what each key does um i keep mine saved just so i can easily set up uh you know my client if, if something ever happens but we'll go ahead and link those in the show notes so you guys can kind of look at it and it's a really good uh kind of strategy to make your own is to, to get a keyboard picture and kind of start coloring the keys. Um, so I think it's really important when you're looking at how you set up your keybinds to realize um, you don't need a separate key for every single module and every condition of module. You you can use something called a modifier. So for example, um, in, in my situation, uh, if I hit the number one, it activates slot one of my high slot modules. But if I hold shift and hit one, it shifts my tactical destroyer mode to propulsion mode. And if I hit mouse five and one, it actually overheats the corresponding slot. So high slot, slot one. Um, so the use of modifiers is kind of key to keeping it from, 
uh, like keeping it efficient so you're not hitting you know keys all over the place um well it's also i mean i'm i'm mostly am using four fingers on my left hand to do a lot of the work right so by having those modifiers you now open up four additional keystrokes or or four additional modules um and I also, I have a Razer Naga, so I have some things bound onto my mouse, um, and that's really helpful. But uh, yeah, by using a modifier, it just expands the number of actions you can do within the, those number of keys that you're using. Um, one thing I kind of, one concept I approached when I was initially setting up my keybinds was I picked one key on my keyboard for everything to rotate around. Um, for me, that happened to be the letter R. I'm not really sure where in the process that came from. I think probably from playing other MMOs, but my, my hand kind of sits with my index finger on R. So I made R become my lock target key. And then from there, I determined what all the keys around it would do. And so like Farrell said, we'll kind of link our, our setups in the show notes. But for me, R is my rotational key, and everything revolves around that. So my high slot modules are 1 through 5. Then mid slots are you know, QWERTY, um, but without the R in there. And then low slots are ASDF. And then I use a shift modifier for overheat. Um, and, and I actually have my propulsion and defense and sharpshooter modes for tactical destroyers on my F1 through three keys. So a little bit different than Pharaoh's setup, but still, um, you know, we're kind of based off of similar concepts and, uh, provide some efficiency that really allows us to focus more on, on the actual fighting a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I also use my R is also lock um, with the shift modifier R to unlock. Oh, nice. So really similar. The key is just to get used to it. You set up your keybinds, even if you do it and you have to go, you know, I don't know, do some PVE or something to get used to using them. Uh, you're going to become a better player because of it. You're, And if you make videos, your videos are going to look more fluent. You're not going to have like your mouse cursor moving around clicking. Um, just set up a strategy, go with it, and you know if if there's some things you don't like, if it's like ah this key's kind of awkward to hit, uh, make your changes after. And uh, I don't know, I just I can't speak highly about keybinds. It's it's really common in other competitive games like MOBAs and stuff like that um, with the QWE kind of thing. And uh, yeah, just mimic that kind of that layout and and go with it. Yeah, so um, I think that kind of covers the majority of our thoughts on keybinds um definitely very useful and now we're going to dive into the main topic which is a very interesting and complex topic tonight we are going to talk about the overall meta of small gang and what ships are effective why they're effective what kind of dictates the the current meta and how changes might affect that and go through that whole process for anyone who's maybe not familiar with small gang or just getting into small gang or wants some you know hopefully in-depth analysis on on small gang and uh we're gonna go forward from there so we took the approach of kind of first thing is determining what the goal is for a small gang whether it's a roam or it's a response um what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish uh, when you put your gang together? And that's going to determine a lot of the ships and the choices that you make. There's kind of like a couple results that you're going for, right? So um, you obviously you have a limited amount of people and you have to look at what you're going for, like, like kind of like Blood mentioned. And from that decide if you want to kind of go with a kiting setup or or a kind of semi brawl something that fights a little closer but has the ability to disengage still, um, or even a full on you know brawl RR kind of setup. Um, so when people refer to small gang, they're usually referring to nano kiting. So a lot of what we cover in this segment is going to pertain to uh, to nano kiting. 
And a lot of those RR setups are highly specialized, so they're going to take a, a very specific ship and fit it in a way to do a very specific job. So um, we're going to focus on the nano kiting setup. Uh, most of the time, your small gang, your idea is that you don't know the numbers of the response that you're going to encounter. And so you're trying to do as much as you can with as few people as possible. Um, so you might only have one person in a specific role like logistics. Um, and, you know, if you're you're only in a five or a six man group, then you just don't have the people to spread around and you need to fill other roles. So um, when we're talking about nano kiting, we're talking about fast moving ships that are out at range. Your goal really is not to get caught. And most of the time we don't have logistics when we're flying. And what dictates the, sh the ship choices that we use are really what kind of things we expect to face. So in previous metas, uh, heavy interdictors were very common occurrence. They were very hard to deal with. Uh, they had extremely long scram ranges and they could do a, a lurch maneuver that would allow them to move at like 10K a second. It was very oppressive, but because we were anticipating facing that quite often, uh, overprop or like 100MN setups were very common. That became the meta for uh, six months or so. Uh, now that there have been some changes around that to the mechanics, we don't see 100MN as much because we're not anticipating running into heavy interdictors. Um, or if we do run into a heavy interdictor, we kind of have a, a good expectation of how we can handle that. Yeah, for sure. And the kind of the things that we do see now that are, are currently kind of dictated, dictating the, the small gang meta are kind of three ships or three categories of ships. The first is one ship in particular, which is the JAG, uh, termed the Ram JAG, a very fast kind of heavy tackle ship. Um, basically, if you can't outrun a JAG, uh, you're going to have a problem. So it really puts an emphasis on speed for a lot of these ships we're going to be talking about. The next ship that we see a lot is a class of ships, capitals. So when you're roaming null, it's very, very, very common to get uh, carriers, faxes, uh, hodreds, and even supers and titans dropped on you. Um, so the most common is, is carriers. So you have to be able to uh, survive on grid with fighters running around. And the last of those is long-range webs. Uh, so Loki, Hugans, and Rapiers are the most powerful that you'll see. And there, it's not them alone so much as it is them with their their friends, their fleetmates. Uh, it will cut your speed down so that tackle can get up to you. It'll help fighters apply their damage to you. So it's it's another big one. So that's kind of what dictates the meta. Yeah, and any one of these is pretty manageable. The ships that we're going to talk about that are, you know, the, the top tier are top tier because they're able to deal with multiple of these at the same time. And that's often the case that we find ourselves in. We'll be on grid with a carrier uh, and a Jaguar or two will come in. And so we need ships that can survive and uh, are capable of either escaping a Jaguar or killing it uh, proficiently. And so that's really where the combination comes in and where things uh, kind of dictate what we're, what we're going to be using the most. So before we get into that tier list, uh, we're just going to give a kind of an overview of what the nano gang uh, archetypes are in a fleet. And first off, we're going to link some videos in the show notes that... Uh, the late Chesser, late to Eve, not real life, that is, rest, <laughs> has, uh, has posted. Peace. Yeah, they're pretty old videos, but they still totally apply. It's, it's all the same kind of um, overall archetype. So really good videos. You guys can give those a watch if you're interested. Um, but the Nano Gang archetypes are basically, we can classify them into four different roles. Tackle, anti-tackle, uh, DPS or damage, and support. Yeah, so tackle is mostly focused around getting initial tackle or being able to screen. Um, and those are going to be your fast 
small ships, interceptors, um, assault frigates, things like that. Any tackle are things that are good at killing those. <laughs> so you know you're you're going to be looking at a lot of your rapid light platforms and things that apply damage really well to small targets. Uh, damage and DPS is is really going to be focused around what your damage output is and in this category with the current meta we're going to talk about how survivable is that damage uh so the longer your dps ships can stay on grid the more damage you can output um and they need a certain level of projection as well because those ships are oftentimes going to be your slower ships so they need to be out farther um in front of your gang in order to survive and then the last class is going to be your support those are things like e-war ships logistics ships, uh, things that become force multipliers in a small group and allow your gang to uh, push the boundaries or to deal with enemy um, offensive e-warships and um, kind of allow you to um, leverage your, your group's ability to be at range. Yeah, for sure. So... With that said, uh, I think we can go ahead and get into this tier list for you guys. Keep in mind, if we don't mention a ship, it's not because it's bad. It's It just doesn't really fit into the strong categories that we we described. So, you know, if, if you fly, uh, I don't know, a worm, and you're unhappy that we didn't include it on this tier list, uh, you know, it doesn't mean the worm is bad. It just means... And these kind of try-hard scenarios, it doesn't really fit the the meta. So you can still go solo in a worm, great solo ship. But when we're talking about small gang, it it doesn't fit. It doesn't perform as well as the ships we're going to mention. Yeah, and some of these ships will also kind of fill multiple roles, but we're going to talk about them in terms of their core or primary role that we will use them for in a gang. Um, and this also kind of is an outline for how to build a gang. Uh, we're going to kind of go through these in order, but generally you want to start by designating a tackle ship. Then you want to get one to two anti-tackle, and then you want to build up your DPS group and your support groups. Uh, you know, sometimes depending on the area of space you're roaming, you might just have a gang consisting of like one tackle ship and then just anti-tackle because you're concerned about the group that you're going into just bringing tons and tons of tackle ships, uh, things like that. So uh, it kind of gives an outline as well of these are some of the ships you might think about choosing for those roles and um, you know how many or, or what their effectiveness could be. Yeah, a classic example would be like going to fight uh, Pandemic Horde in their staging, right? You're, you're expecting there to be a lot of really cheap, fast tackle frigs and if you don't bring things that can deal that in mass, uh, you're just going to get bogged down, tackled, and some of your expensive shit's going to die. For sure. So we'll start with tackle. Um, S tier, there's really two primary interceptors that get used the majority of the time in Nano Gang. Those are the Stiletto and the Malediction. Uh, the Stiletto is mainly because it has a really high speed, and with uh, buffer shield fits, there's kind of a, a low micromanagement. You're mostly focused on long point and scram, uh, and your you know your MWD. With a malediction, they're usually active tanked, and they get uh, a signature. Yeah, like they have a really small signature, but they also get a, a resistance bonus, which helps them tank a little bit better. And they're very fast. They require some micromanagement um, in order to use those reps effectively. And you have to manage your cap pretty efficiently. But those are really the two that get used the majority of the time when we're talking about tackle or interceptors in small gang PvP. Yeah, and as far as multi-boxing, the stiletto really takes the cake. It's it's the best uh, multi-boxable, well, easily multi-boxable uh, tackle ship. So I personally multi-box the stiletto alt, um, fit as Blood described. Yeah, same. <laughs> then moving, moving down into the A tier tackle ships, uh, we've got the Garmer, which is kind of an A plus. The Garmer um, is fit kind of similar to how a Stiletto would be fit, except with rapid light missiles, or sorry, light missiles, obviously. Um, it has a long point and a scram, and it has a bo bonus to the, the range of that. The big difference is it doesn't get a big signature uh, radius bonus, so 
damage is applied to it a little easier, but still a really solid tackle ship. The Jaguar is in this list. We mentioned the, the term Ramjag earlier. Um, so if you're in a small gang, the Jag still is a good tackle ship. Uh, it, it doesn't have a long point bonus like the ships mentioned uh, already. But it is really durable and really, really fast. Uh, the Ares and Crow, the other two uh, fleet interceptors, uh, they are interdiction nullified, so that's a really good benefit, just like the Mali and the Stiletto. But they don't really compete with the Stiletto and the Malediction as far as the rest of the jobs they do. The Ares, um, poor, kind of a poor resist setup. Uh, the Crow has really poor fitting uh, due to the, the big Crow fleets from, I don't know, three or four years ago. It kind of got a nerf there that's seen through to now. So, you know, they still make okay tackle ships, but uh, not top tier. And then P tier are kind of ships that fit as tackle ships, maybe as a secondary tackle, but their main role is kind of something else. So we're, we'll kind of talk about them more in depth. Um, but retributions, wolves, um, some of those small kiting uh, assault frigates that can be used as a tackle, they could dive in and, and point something and they're going to be survivable. But the, their main goal isn't really to tackle things. They don't have interdiction nullification or warp bonus, warp speed bonuses. Um, and so they're kind of in that B tier, but good to keep in mind. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with those ships we mentioned is they, most of them don't really fit a scram. Like you never fit a, a scram on a retribution when you're kiting. It's always long point. So they lack the ability to do drive-by scrams, which, you know, in interceptors or a garmer. Um, is a really good way if, if a fast tackle ship or a fast cruiser or something is coming in and you want to shut off its MWD, um, you can just kind of dive in on it and do a drive-by scram, slow it down, lets your gang A, pull a little bit of distance from it if needed, or B, apply its damage a lot better to it. So uh, they kind of fail on that front, which is why we put them at the B tier. Yeah. So getting into the anti-tackle ships, uh, starting at S tier. We'll go through these. These are no surprises here. Um, Orthrus has, even though it's been nerfed a couple times, like little balance tweaks here and there to tune it down. It's a very good anti-tackle ship. Rapid light missile launcher platform. Um, really good damage application. It has a good tank. Uh, a lot of people will fit it with an XL ASB on top of a large shield extender. So you kind of get a bit, a bit of module management, fun to fly. Um, and a lot of EHP through that extra large Ancel shield booster clip. Has a bonus to point range, so longer point, longer scram. And uh, it's got that unique bonus where the missile speed is very fast, so it applies faster and, uh, and good range on the, on the missiles. So solid platform there. Uh, the Kikimura, a recent uh, addition to the game, Triglavian ship. Really, really good range, really good speed. Uh, really good ramping DPS and outstanding tracking, which is why it's in this anti-tackle tier. Kikamura kind of has a, you know, plays into the DPS role as well, but it, it is a stronger anti-tackle ship. And lastly, in the anti-tackle S tier list, we have the Retribution, uh, which is an assault frigate. Um, it's it's outstanding speed, uh, good damage, you know, small sig from the assault frigate bonus, and uh, a really good tank. So common to run it with a small armor rep, even if it, it can either be an Ansel armor rep on the cheaper fits, the blingier fits often have a dead space armor rep. Uh, going into A tier, these are going to be ships that fulfill some of that same role, but maybe have a little bit weaker tank or are a little bit slower. So the Osprey Navy, I think, is still one of the most underrated ships <laughs> in Nano Gang. I think it's absolutely fantastic you can get almost the same damn like same uh tank that you can get on a orthrus and osprey navies kind of are perceived maybe as a little bit weaker because they don't have the point range um they also have uh extended missile range you can get out uh, to about 72 uh, kilometers so that's going to be very beneficial when you're talking about applying damage from range um and also in A tier, uh, we put the Cerberus. Uh, Cerberus is a great rapid light platform, has 
great tank because of being a heavy assault cruiser. The only downside really is its speed. Um, it you know is slower than some of those other uh, rapid light platforms. So uh, those two are going to be an A tier for us. And then moving into B tier, we have ships like the Scythe Fleet issue, um, fit with rapid lights. It is faster than uh, the Osprey Navy and some of the other rapid light platforms, but it does not have a missile range bonus. So you end up having to operate in a lot closer, um, and it doesn't get the same fitting ability with tank um, in a rapid light platform that you get from Osprey Navy or a Serb. And the Jackdaw is also a fantastic anti-tackle ship, but it tends to be something that you use more as a, slip, a sniper platform. You're sitting out a lot farther, 70 to like 100 kilometers. Uh, and the interesting thing that we found out in Kronos with flying the Jackdaw is we would do these Jackdaw fleets of, you know, seven-ish Jackdaws to alpha things off the field. But when we were out at 100 or 120, I think the missile flight time was something like 12 seconds to impact and so even in sharpshooter uh you would fire a volley at something that just tackled one of your buddies and it would be 12 seconds before that volley even hits so uh the the missile speed kind of came into effect there and then lastly the caracal um caracal is a great introductory anti-tackle ship if you're just getting into small gang and you're learning kind of how to position uh, Caracal will do the job. It's just a bit slow uh, and not as tanky as some of the other options. Uh, so when we're talking about how it fulfills the role of anti-tackle in a, in a small gang, if someone is flying a Caracal, then it's going to be important to have multiple anti-tackle ships, so two or three Caracals, to, to make sure that you're going to be successful at dealing with uh small fast ships that are coming in on you yeah and i i think um a bit of a, a fit bait if you will on the caracal you know if if you're newer and you're looking to fly a caracal in small gang please don't just you know stack up on tank modules don't just fit cdfes in your rigs like look at polycarbs look at you know in your low slots you know maybe don't fit a damage control fit a nano like don't fall into the tank all tank rapid like caracal because a lot of people do and and just experiment with uh with some agility mods and see how you like it and moving on to the dps uh archetype so s tier dps ships some big guns it's all this tier is all the about big boys yeah the big boys this is all about projection big damage these ships uh you know fit properly are pro are, are poor for just going out and soloing um for the most part they can't really deal with uh ram jags that well uh for the most part you know carriers are going to be able to apply to them so they kind of need some help but they uh respond by being able to get some really big kills for your gang so at s tier we have the lashak uh yeah literally everything about this ship is good <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's fast damage massive damage has the ability to put multiple heavy newts on there you could put smart bombs has great tank you could do mjds um lesh is really good if it's in a group that has the support that's needed to to keep it from getting tackled down sure. and there is there is a solo fit as well that people use or or a alternate to kind of like the single rep speed kind of fit Lashak I've seen is some people do fit like a full tank dual armor rep Lashak. Um, so, you know, you can solo with yeah. it. it. It does. It is a thing. And the next ship is another battleship, uh, the Macarial. So it has utility for the, for the newt. It has really good speed, has good warp speed for a battleship hull as well as on grid speed. Um, good damage projection. It's probably the, I mean, it's, it's the only autocannon platform that has good projection, I'd say, in the game right now. Uh, rip autocannons. Yeah. But that's another really solid one, S-tier, the Macarial. Um, they're commonly fit. You know, it's going to be fit with a, a light active shield tank and then speed, damage, and tracking enhancers to extend the tracking and, and the range. 
Uh, next, we get into the Drekovic, which is another really solid uh, damage platform. It's a, a battle cruiser, so has really great tracking. All the the precursor ships, the the Trichalavian ships, have really really good tracking, um, good solid range, and then also has the utility of adding links to your gang. And again, they can kind of be fit multiple ways too, uh, with uh, you know overpropping or MWD, MJD. Different. Uh, there's some room there to kind of change up how you fit it, depending on the rest of your gang. Yeah, and a lot of battle cruisers really struggle to stay on grid with a carrier. The Drekovic has a resistance bonus, which definitely helps and um, allows it to be a little bit more survivable than a lot of the other battle cruiser type uh, ships. Absolutely, and the next ship's probably going to be a little bit of a controversial S tier pick, but um, we both feel it belongs there, and that's the one of the newest ships of the game, the Ikatursa. So the Iki was... I, I say it's controversial because a lot of people fit it in Pypha. And they go, oh my god, look at how much damage this does. And then every single Reddit poster out there is super quick to point out, like, oh, but it has to be on grid shooting the same thing for literally minutes before you see that damage, which is entirely true. Um, you can't look at that huge damage number and, and think that that's what you're realistically going to be doing. But it... It does still have good damage, it does still have good range, and it does have a solid tank, being a, a hack with SIG reduction under MWD and an ADC. So as far as our criteria of being able to deal with Ramjags, um, it, it can live on grid with fighters. You know, So I, I think it belongs in S tier. We'll see how the meta kind of unfolds over the following months and see how many we see out there. But I personally have one. I know other guys in Kronos have one. And there's a really fucking cool extra large Ansel shield fit that yeah, you can't quite use yet. It. Yeah, once the faction <laughs> and tropics come out, you can you have the CPU available for that. So yeah, I think that the Iki Tersa is kind of in the middle area between anti tackle and DPS, but I think it with the range, I think we're gonna see it more as the the DPS role. Um, going forward i think against anything cruiser size and up you start to have enough time for a spool to be beneficial and your damage is going to stick 100 percent of the time so uh that's kind of why we chose it in the, the s tier of dps um and i think it, it definitely kind of belongs in that area um but yeah so we'll, we'll move on to a tier a tier these ships are still very viable and good but maybe they need some support around them that's a little more concentrated in order to, to keep them in a survivable situation. Uh, the first one is kind of like an A+, plus, uh, so it's definitely at the top of, of the A tier for us, and that's the Nightmare. Uh, has great projection. Um, you generally can fit these with two newts uh, in the highs, and you can go afterburner, which is gonna, you know, allow you to move while scrammed. And uh, then they, you can definitely fit a decent tank and an MJD on them. The only downside is with it being an afterburner bonus ship, uh, it's not quite as fast as a lot of the other battleships um, that we've mentioned. So generally, the speed that I kind of think of in my head for a, a battleship. Um, somewhere around 1800 to 2k a second is kind of ideal um, and in order to, to keep range and allow your uh, your group to support you and um, you're not you're not getting really held down as much and I think the nightmare is somewhere around 1200 to like 1500 depending on what you're running alongside it if you have links or implants so it's definitely a little bit on the slower side uh, the Typhoon is kind of main A tier as far as battleships go. Uh, it's pretty fast for a battleship, and with rapid heavies, you're going to uh, apply damage really consistently uh, to, to cruisers and up. And you'll apply some damage to smaller targets, but definitely cruisers and up are kind of your main target priority there. Uh, it has a, a newt, you can fit MJD and uh, some decent drones uh, going through there. And then we're getting into, from there, I think those are the main battleships that I was really thinking of as far as in small gang. Um, for other DPS ships, I started looking at 
cruiser-based platforms. And so ships like the Munin that have great alpha, um, really good tank because of being a hack and having tank bonuses um, or better resistance profiles. Uh, the Zealot, which is just going to have great range. Uh, I know Feral's been flying the Zealot a ton and absolutely loves taking it out um, and has really good tank being a heavy assault cruiser. And then uh, after that, the Gila and Phantasm are also good A-tier DPS ships. Uh, Gila, one thing to keep in mind when you're flying it is just drone damage is not instantaneous. It takes time for those drones to move, and so that's kind of uh, one aspect of it. Its speed is not fantastic, and uh, its capacitor is sometimes an issue. So um, that's kind of why it's lower A-tier. Uh, but you can definitely get great tank with XLASB, and it has resistance in the shield um, that allows you to stay on grid with carriers longer. And then the Phantasm, being an afterburner bonus ship, small signature radius, you're going to be able to survive on grid with carriers. Um, the new beam changes that extended the range of beams definitely, I feel, are great on Phantasm as a fitting option. allows you to protect project damage much farther. Uh, you can fit solid tanks on them. Um, and then because of the afterburner bonus, speed is kind of an issue. Um, with the afterburner, I kind of aim for about 1,800 to 2K a second. But uh, we've also been experimenting with some dual prop, like MWD afterburner fits, and uh, sacrificing some tank there. But that just allows you to MWD when you're dealing with small things. Then once you are, if you're on grid and stable against cruisers or uh, carrier then you can use your afterburner to good effect for sure and moving on to the b tier list um we have don't have a ton of ships in this in the b tier but the ones we do is the the vedmac so that's the t1 uh counter to the ikatursa so it's it's kind of a b plus um has good speed has good damage, but it's kind of lacking on the tank side, so that's why it's not up in the A tier. Another B tier uh, damage ship we have is the Hurricane Fleet issue, which is also like a B plus. Um, so the Hurricane Fleet is fit with uh, 720s, Arties, uh, has some utility, usually has a long web, long point, uh, micro warp drive, cap, cap injector, and uh, and a bit of tank. So it really brings links as well, which is really nice. And uh, has a lot of, like the Munin, has a lot of alpha. Uh, the next B tier ship is the Oracle. Uh, so this is kind of a specialty. Uh, it's it's like a, I believe it's dual large shield extender. I'd have to look it up, but dual large shield, yeah. shield extender MWD. And uh, with Scorch, you're looking at about 70 kilometer range. So big damage, big pulse Oracle. Uh, very, very light on tank. Uh, definitely needs some some help. And, you know, or the the carrier fighters are going to be kind of a problem there for sure yeah the oracle used to be the king of dps ships about a year and a half or two years ago and it definitely is not as useful um but so that's that's i just kind of wanted to throw it in there it's still viable you just you're going to end up bouncing a lot you're going to be um probably pinging around grid and you know, you have to you have to fly it well and be very cautious in order to make it effective. You're going to be using that 70 kilometer scorch range. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So then as we kind of move into support, this is going to be ships that provide some element of e-war or logistics. Um, their main role is to help the gang out through um yeah through support i guess <laughs> uh and so they're not directly offensive most of the time um but they are damage multipliers or or sorry like force multipliers so their their role is very important and they're some of the toughest roles to 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 play or to fly in a small gang um so in s tier i started with the there's three E-War frigates that I think are viable in uh, a small gang. 
And those are the hyena, the sentinel, and the carries. Um, out of those, it really depends on what you're, the situation that you're in. Um, the sentinel is great because it can help deal with uh, salt frigate tackle in a different way. When you put newts on them, that really limits that ship's ability to use its assault damage control, which is where a lot of its tank ability comes from, and you can kill them off very quickly. Likewise, a hyena can be with long webs can be used to slow down assault frigates before they get in. Um, but then if you transition to the thought process of how does a sentinel help me against carriers, um, it's a little bit less useful in dealing with fighters, but if you have two missile guidance computers on there, or missile guidance disruptors on your sentinel, those can be used to uh, lessen the, the damage application of the fighters, um, volley damage, uh, and likewise a hyena can be used to slow down the fighters. So those are kind of, I think, some of the top two um, E-War frigates. Then uh, the carries is the third one that is very useful against subcapitals that you're fighting uh, with using damps to mitigate their ability to lock out to range and project damage, and also to deal with logistic ships that show up on grid, um, damping them down and limiting their range that they can apply reps. But again, you start to transition that thought process to how does a carries help you against a Jaguar or how does a carries help you against a carrier? And um, really the only thing that the carries will be beneficial there for is, is extended long point range. Uh, and so it's kind of less useful in those other two situations. Um, then uh, transitioning away from E-War frigates, uh, the Bifrost, and really any command destroyer, but the Bifrost in particular, because it's very fast, uh, is, I think, the the best um, command destroyer currently. I haven't played around with the, the Drogar, I think, is the new one. Um, that may be something that's pretty viable for a, an active player, but uh, the Bifrost is great as a backpack ship, like a, for an alt or as an individual player who is providing links to your gang and also can tackle and MJD things away. And so that's where that, that Bifrost, I think, kind of excels over some of the other uh, command destroyers. You can also do a 10MN fit, so you can go in for an MJD on something, and if it scrams you, you can still have the potential to escape. Uh, and then um, the last S-tier support ship, in my mind, is really the Loki uh, because it provides a lot of different uh, options for you and for your gang. You can fit it with webs, so it can act as a webbing ship or platform uh, and can also put out some damage if you do 720s. You can fit it for logistics, and especially there's a couple hundred MN logistics Loki fits that are very viable and, and very interesting. And then uh, you can also fit it with links. So it can provide a lot of different things that really um, help your gang in, in various areas. And it's very survivable in that regard, too. Moving into the A tier, uh, we have the, the Scimitar. It's the first ship. So this isn't your standard you know, fleet fit Scimitar. This is most of the time a solo Scimitar. So you're going to be looking at something that has uh, the ability to self-rep um, and and put out, obviously, shield reps all over the grid while still being fairly quick. Uh, the next one would be the Rapier. So the Rapier, uh, its main bonus, its reason for being there is, is long webs. It also gets a, a target painter bonus if you want to incorporate that. But it, it's kind of lacking in speed. Um, and it doesn't really bring the damage utility or the link utility that uh, a Loki could possibly bring. And then the third A-tier uh, support ship is a Curse. So a Curse, uh, similar to a Sentinel, has an, a new bonus and a Tracking Disruptor bonus. But uh, most of the time, the, the Curses you're going to see out there in Small Gang are going to be mainly there for the Newts. You could you know, have one TD, but 
not you you won't really see armor curses loaded up on TDs. So uh, curse, you know, a good curse fit can newt to you know forty to fifty. There's also a uh, uh, a heavy newt kind of special fit that's built for alpha and cap, and that heavy newt, you know, eighty plus kind of thing. Depending on if you roll a really fancy one, you could get get further, but it's pretty standard. Heavy newt curse is about eighty k. So it's really lacks on speed as well, kind of why it's A tier and not S. Um, but curses are pretty scary. So yeah, so that kind of rounds out where we ranked our our tier list, if you will. Um, I'm sure Pharaoh, you're planning on linking that Reddit post from a while back that talks about small gang fits and has some very in depth, detailed fitting suggestions. Um, it is kind of an older Reddit thread, uh, so I don't think it has Triglavian chips in there um, or some of the newer things. And also, I think we've kind of moved around some of the rankings um, a little bit in our opinion. But then it's also really kind of important to touch on the point that there's some really interesting off-meta fits and ships that when used a particular way can be very effective. And this goes back to the, the very beginning point of what is your goal and, you know, what dictates what ships you're choosing. And if you're choosing something that can deal with the situations that you think you're going to encounter, then it's definitely viable. So, for instance, one of our court members, Jocastus, occasionally he likes to fly a 1400 artillery sniper mercurial and he'll use it in small gang and it's actually pretty entertaining when he does um Pharaoh, you were talking about a situation where you guys were facing a vagabond and you had you were in a zealot i think right yeah well let's set the stage for that because it is a okay. great story so we were fighting ranger regiment and ranger regiment uh just loves dropping a shitload of caps on our face coupled with titan bridges of subcaps so we were kind of poking around their, their space killing stuff um and and what they typically do is sit on gates they you know they'll sit on a gate getting their shit together getting capitals formed up and they'll just sit there and you know they might poke out at you a little bit if you put yourself 30k off the gate they're going to be coming for you but you know we're small ganging well so we're kind of keeping at range and and what jocassus mccariel does so well is it's kind of exploiting the fact that they're being lazy and sitting on a gate. So he was out, you know, way off gate, way off gate, hundreds of kilometers. And uh, we kind of, he has an MJD, so he can kind of make MJD plays by quickly getting into, you know, his near his optimal and volleying really quickly. So I was in my sniper zealot. So I'm kind of tickling this, uh, one of the ships on grid we chose as a target was a Vagabond because active tank, so not a lot of EHP. So I'm kind of tickling him. I pushed him into a third shield. He's sitting there. And all of a sudden, Jocastus comes in and volleys him all the way through structure, all the way through armor, through the remaining portion of his shields, and he's dead. So in that case, a ship like that, you know, already Macarials are not part of the meta. But in that scenario, it allows, allowed us to get some kills, you know, while this group that just cat blobs us all the time is sitting on a gate. Otherwise, there's nothing we can really do there. We can't out-tank them. They're just going to light a Sino as soon as we're close enough. So stuff like that is a really good situation where off-meta ships can make a big difference and get you kills in an otherwise situation where you can't. Yeah, so while we rank this tier list, it's really for your general application. If if you, like, don't be afraid to experiment and kind of try things. Um, obviously that seven or that, that 1400 arty material, anytime a Jaguar shows up on grid, like he is warping off to a safe spot. So <laughs> it's definitely situational in some regards, but that's kind of like our overall, um, tier list at the moment. I'm sure things will kind of change as we experiment with different things. Um, and you know, as the meta changes, as mechanics change and, uh, the whole point is to learn and yeah so we'll kind of go forward from there i really hope ramjag's gonna change uh a nerf oh god yeah just to kind of open up the meta to some of the slower ships a little more yeah i i think really jaguars there's just two real issues with them they are incredibly fast compared to all the other assault frigates and um their fitting just allows them to be extremely tanky 
So either one, like it wouldn't even have to be a change to both. Just either one would probably be enough. If you reduce the speed, I think you'd you'd end up seeing um, a more balanced kind of uh, tackle priority for a lot of the groups out there. Um, and yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and I know you guys are probably some of you are probably thinking like, yeah, but you guys ranked at A tier. Why isn't it you know S plus plus plus? Well, and that's because in a small gang scenario, it's not an S tier ship. But when you're countering small gangs and you have superior numbers and you have cap superiority, it's all about catching the small gang ships, and that's where the Jag, you know, for, excels further than any other ship out there due to the reasons we mentioned. Yeah, when you have N plus one, it's not necessarily about that Jaguar's ability to persist. It's about that Jaguar's ability ability to get one catch. If you catch their support ship, their force multiplier, or you catch their main DPS ship, then the rest of your gang is going to be able to get there. Uh, you know, the rest of your, your, your N plus one group is going to be able to get there. And that ends that small gang's realm. I think we actually had a, a comment from someone um, from our, our previous episode just saying, uh, as a part of a NullSec group, people routinely come through and gank our miners slash ratters. Uh, my alliance mates usually try to form and push them away, uh, but I'm also at a loss as to what I should bring. How do I pick the ships that are versatile enough to fight whatever that group is, or um, how do I know the right types of ships for that given engagement. So kind of in a response to that, I think it depends on your numbers, but if you have a small gang coming into your area, right, they're looking for content. So the easiest way to shut them down is to bring ships that are very hard for them to deal with. So um, the first suggestion is logistics. If you have like two logistic ships so they can rep each other, and then your group stays balled together so that those logistics ships can keep everyone alive, there's not a whole lot that a small gang can do. Oftentimes, uh, when fighting a group with logistics, the only reason a small gang really gets kills is because people in that group separate and, and get outside of logistics range and allow for them to, to be picked off. Um, the other thing is... Uh, E-War really shuts down a small gang, whether it's tracking disruption or or sensor dampeners. So I, we've had a couple fights with uh, Celestis's T1 E-War ships, and they had logistics on field, and there's no way we could kill the Celestis, but we couldn't kill the logistics because the Celestis was keeping you know our, our main damage ship from being able to lock the logistics ships. So if you incorporate those two things, that's going to give you the ability to persist on grid and, and keep them from killing things. And then the last thing is just throw like five Jaguars at them. And okay. you, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're guaranteed to kill them. So. <laughs> but yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of. Like, there is bring something. Like. Yeah. Bring a ship. Just go fight. Like too many people don't undock. And I know you could say like, well, Feral, you're a small ganger. You, you are going out there looking to kill nullseckers and gank ships but that's not really the case we're we're looking for fights and we're looking for content and you know put the spod down put the ratting down go have some fun and go pvp like undock something ask your alliance what what you should bring if you don't believe you should bring the ships we mentioned you know I, if there's any like any hint of competency in your group Somebody's gonna have a plan. Somebody's gonna have, you know, a, a sino fit. And when your ramjag tackles my blingy, you know, zealot, and my beams are struggling to catch you or put damage on you because the rest of my gang warped off, uh, you're gonna get yourself a shiny kill. And hell, you're, you're probably gonna get yourself a corp a type rep and a shiny MWD as loot. So your ticks will be top tier. And even if you kind of lose like uh, a lot of times people shit talking local and they'll be like oh like you're just you know kiting blah 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 like whatever it's it's really not that hard to deal with a nano gang um if you know what to do um but if you if you're in that spot where you're frustrated 
then it's really just you have to take a step back and say, okay, what can I learn from this situation? So that next time you do something differently. And uh, the other night, I mean, we were in a nano gang. We ended up fighting another nano gang and we didn't lose any ships and we killed uh, Orthrus and uh, Cinnable. And it was just because they just, they misplayed it. Their numbers weren't that different from ours. You know, um, my stiletto got into armor, but, and I just like, I ran away from the Orthrus, but the Orthrus didn't start shooting anyone else. He He's just kept shooting me. So another tackle ship was just on him at zero and, and the Orthrus didn't do anything. So um, it's, yeah, when you're fighting a nano gang, there's a couple things that you can do that are going to be kind of steadfast, easy to execute ways to deal with a nano gang, but also just gaining experience and trying to learn from it um, is, an, is another way. And a lot of it is just so much about coordination. Um, having Having a group where you're coordinating or talking and saying oh like you know hey uh this ship is primarying me i'm gonna have to start to pull off so that someone else is is picking that up or or kind of jumping into that role um and you can you can definitely fight in that way um some of the best fights are actually nano gang versus nano gang um where they become they're they're really challenging interesting fights uh, a lot of times it's about trying to get one of their guys to overextend and you you grab him and shut him down or scram him or something uh, long enough for your group to then capitalize on a kill. And uh, those are those are the most interesting fight, fights when everyone's uh, kind of, we call it fencing a lot in like AT because it's just this back and forth little tug of war with like, you know, like a fence match, um, a sword match. And it's just waiting for an opening or an opportunity where someone overextends, and then you can dive in and and get the get the scram or whatever and capitalize on the kill. So um, yeah, definitely have fun. <laughs> Remember, yeah, it's a game. Like <laughs> that's the key. It's a game, and uh, yeah. So just get some content and have fun. But and that that was a listener question, guys. And just a reminder to you guys, if you would like us to answer one of your questions. Just track down uh, Blood or myself, either in game or you know we're both in a plethora of discords, including you know the R Eve Discord stuff like that, Talking in Stations Discord. So just get at us, poke us, uh, ask a question, and we'll do our best to kind of answer it on a podcast. So kind of moving into the closing notes here. Let's uh, I don't know Blood. Do you have any any recent fights that you want to talk about? That that one from it was literally last night that I was thinking about. I, I'm I'll probably link it in um in the show notes or something. Um, but it was yeah we were fighting like Orthrus, Cinnabol, uh, some other stuff, and uh, they just oh Scythe Fleet was on grid, and they just uh, I they were well fit. Like afterwards, we're looking at the kill mills and they were fit fine. They just kind of chose the the wrong primaries there and we ended up being able to really take advantage of some of their issues so um yeah just i wish i had like recorded it because it was it was a pretty solid kind of cool fight um but yeah that was a fun fun one nice for me uh for you know fun fight recap i this was a couple nights ago. I was flying around, and I was just small gang with the, with the with the corp, and we got a couple kills. And then uh, after everyone kind of went to bed, uh, I we rolled our our static one more time, and it was kind of close to pandemic horde. So I just hopped in a you know standard Osprey Navy issue and and went over and uh, and fought them over by the the entrance system to Geminate. There kind of links into episode one of how to find fights. Um, so I went down there and, uh, there was, as soon as I rolled in from low sec, there, there were some, some people on the gate, um, you know, six guys, they had all kinds of shit. They had remote sensor boost. Like the first ship I killed was a remote sensor booster, Tristan. that was literally just sitting there, you know, providing recibos to things on the gate. Um, and then I kind of pulled off and, uh, they had some Gnosis and some really fast Hecates, like dual armor rep brawling Hecates that, uh. You know, I'd probably take it if it was one one v one. See if I could kill him with some heated uh, rapid lights before my clip runs out. But he had a bunch of friends, so I kind of skirted them, flew around, and just kind of flew in and out of, you know, 
getting myself into trouble all over the system and surrounding systems. And I ended up getting uh, six kills. The last fight was the most the, the most fun. Um, right before I died, I killed a uh, Jackdaw and then a Tackle Rifter. So they were, I was kind of flying around on grid with them and, and seeing what would get close enough that I could kill. Uh, you just got to be really careful in a rapid light ship because if you needlessly shoot things, uh, all of a sudden you get to a situation where if one of their ships turns and, and heats at you, you can't kill it in the clip you have remaining. So you just have to be really conscious of that. But yeah, I, I went all in on a Jackdaw that was out of position, killed it, and then killed the Rifter that came in. And then there was a few Assault Frigs, uh, and one ended up getting a Scram on me um, and uh, hit his ADC. So I, I moved on to a retribu the Retribution that was near me. Almost killed the Retribution, but I I died spelling my entire Ansel clip in the in the... The, the heat of it <laughs> so it was a fun fight I, I killed more than my ship was worth which is a win and i was you know fighting anywhere between six to ten people the whole time so good fight pandemic cord and yeah you guys can do that too my ship was only 80 million-esque and uh geminid is very close to Jita, so get out there i think that's a fun kind of approach too is relatively you know low cost ship um and you're you're just trying to pick off people or make the most of of the engagement, and um, yeah, it's provides some some fun opportunities. And you never know, you know, you never know what you're gonna end up maybe killing and and getting away from, or some of those you know butt butt clenching moments where you're just like, oh god, that's that's how you really kind of get that fun out of those situations. Yeah, for sure. And just looking back and thinking like how you can improve, that's key as well, right? What did I do wrong? Yeah, what totally. could have done better? So standard stuff. And then, uh, yeah, so do you have a shout out for anyone, Blood? You know, I was thinking as we were kind of talking, and I look back to Zach, um, who was, uh, you know, he's been streaming more recently, and he was kind of a mentor to me in a lot of ways as far as content creation goes, and a, a good buddy. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention him. He's a really cool dude, really cool YouTube um, presence. And uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to point out that he's a great content creator. Nice, man. Yeah, I really like his YouTube stuff. There's some really unique videos and fits and stuff that he posts. Uh, for me, yeah. I'd, uh, I'll give my shout out to the Streamfleet community. So uh, I recently started streaming kind of on and off, like, with my schedule and stuff, I, I can't really commit to a, a, a schedule too much. But, you know, I try to get on there, and uh, it's really fun engaging with, with viewers, and I've managed to do, you know, pretty good. Definitely exceed my expectations when I got into it. But the Streamfleet community um, and their Discord channel is really great. Everyone, all the streamers in there, really supportive of each other. And, and you know, thanks to all the people in, in that channel that have threw me a host at the end of their stream. It's greatly appreciated. Also, uh, Rip VNIs, hot off the press. Thank you, CCP. Yeah. So some of the announcements from Fozzie as far as some changes, like the VNI is going to not be using heavy drones and it's kind of taking away from that PVE role that we're so commonly seeing. I think that's great. But then some of the announcements about tether mechanics and mooring so you can't be bumped I just kind of really strengthen the abilities around citadels that i you know as a small ganger i'm not happy about um so <laughs> it's kind of like on one hand you're like sweet okay like yeah vnis are way too efficient and um in their use in pve but at the same time you're making these other things really strong and um kind of frustrating in that regard so We'll see down the road um, how things shake out. But... Good changes, please. Good changes. Yeah. <laughs> let's with let's that, guys... more good changes and less bad ones. <laughs> right. And with that, guys, uh, I'd just like to announce you can now find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, get on there. You know, Give us a follow, please. I uh, really appreciate all the downloads and, and uh, again, how you guys have received the podcast. So... I'm still going to get us on a few more, like Stitcher and stuff like that, but just been really busy, so 
you know, within a couple of weeks, we'll be on there as well. And uh, I don't know if you guys, if anyone wants to sponsor an episode, if you got something cool going on, it doesn't even have to be like an ISK thing. Uh, if you have a, a really cool event or something that you have going on that you think would interest Blood and I, uh, just get at us and, and let us know and we'll, uh, you know, talk about you on the show. So. I'll, I'll throw out, I uh, this isn't even like a sponsor. They're just somebody that I appreciate. Uh, I really like Push X. I think they're really good at what they do. And I've talked to them a few times in the past about moving some of my stuff. And so... Hey, free sponsorship right here. Uh, Push X is pretty cool. So I like that. <laughs> Push X yeah. is cool. I've all, they're also my my shipping group of choice. Yeah. So there we go. Boom. Sponsor. Yeah. Right on. I don't know. <laughs> <Sponsor. laughs> uh, with that, guys, that's that's the show. I hope you uh, liked it. And remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's about how you use it.